Good afternoon and welcome to Recovery Central Church's podcast. And we are somewhere else and it's taken some of us quite a while to get here. So how was the journey, Neil? The journey was emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Emotional. I don't know, there's something about Birmingham buses. I think they need to get their brakes checked because every time they press them, it's like a silent, like you just like, you just go scooting towards the front, like you think you're going to go through the glass window, but... You know they're doing it on purpose. Well, I did ask the driver, did I not? You know, yeah. I said to the driver, like, you know, your brakes all right, kind of thing, because I seem to get this on every Birmingham bus I get on. I'm not sure if they're training them properly or they're doing it on purpose. But. Of course they are, they're angry. Isn't that like that in London? <laughs> no, we're a bit more gentrified than, uh, <laughs> because they know what will happen. No, let's not go there. <laughs> well, we're all here now. I mean, I had nowhere to go, of course, because this is where I live. But we're all here now, which means we can actually get started. And, of course, we are pre-recording this. This is going out in the new year. And I hope, fingers crossed, we're going to be able to say, we made it! Because it's that time of year that isn't necessarily so easy for those of us who are in recovery. And it can be quite surreal when it's the first time, if it's the first time that we've done it, and it can still be quite worrying. And for me, the only worry I tend to have around this time of year is other people, and other people thinking I'm cured and other people forgetting, and then me forgetting to remind them. But we're all here anyway. Ronnie, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And you've just bought some Echo Dots, even just, though you've already got one. I've got three already, and they're doing two now for 27 quid off Amazon. Plug in there, yeah. So you need to have five I've for one room. What is this? I'm the things I've bought, and was, it's my addiction kicking in, and it's two for 27 quid, so it's like, well, and also, what are you going to do if they start talking to each other? Well, this is it, isn't it? I haven't had that yet, so... That's you like, might end up being kicked out of the room. You're just creating problems from, you know, in my head, so... <laughs> no. no, they're all... They're linked, so... You can have up to three of them that be linked. But they might start plotting if they're linked. I don't do that, I'm not there. <laughs> I'm sure they do, anyway. I'm, I'm a little bit lost here, what are we talking about? What? Amazon Echo Dot. Oh, you, well, you got, you got how many? I've got five. <laughs> <laughs> I've got five. I've got the big one, which is the super duper one with all the speakers, and then I've got two little ones for the other side of the room, so it's surround sound, because you can do that on there. And then they just emailed me to say you could have two for 27. <laughs> for anyone who's not an alcoholic or addict, can we just please explain that it's quite normal for an alcoholic or an addict to need five echo five dots echo in one room? <laughs> For the rest of the same population, or the rest of you normals out there, you would never even think of having five, possibly even in a house. But Ronnie has to have five in one room. It's my favourite toy. (laughs) I say, Alexa, and it switches on the TV. Alexa, dim the lights, turn the lights red, turn the lights green. Alexa, ring Matt, or Alexa, ignore... (laughs) <laughs> well, at two o'clock in the morning, would you really do that to me? Like, yeah. oh, I could be in need. Yeah. But this is why I think of them plotting because I have this thing about machines. I won't do that. I wouldn't because have they them. might stop planning something. Mm. Yeah, back in the day, I wouldn't have had them because I would have been definitely paranoid <laughs> that they're they're listening to me and they're going to say something and they can hear me going making them noises that you make when you're inhaling terrible substances. <laughs> 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 Well, yeah, so, yeah, can we move on to someone else? <laughs> <laughs> Neil, you've had quite the journey, but Arsenal won, so you're happy, I assume. I'm happy. I'm always, uh, It's amazing how they say one good thing about recovery is that you get your feelings back, and and the, and the worst thing about recovery yeah. is that you get your feelings back. And I've noticed, as I've jumped in and out of recovery, like especially the first time when Arsenal were losing, 
not, the game's not even over yet. There's a chance that we can draw or win. And it was amazing how my feelings really kind of came back around Arsenal Football Club. And it's still with me now. So when they win, that can change my mood considerably. Mm. And it's amazing how... Because, of course, football's a lifetime affiliation. And those of us that grew up with someone like football, we don't forget it. I call myself a lapsed football supporter because, of course, Sheffield Wednesday haven't played any football <laughs> for quite a long time. <laughs> so it's quite difficult to support. And also, with being here, it's very difficult to get to any games anyway. And I'm not paying 30 quid for a box standing game in National League One. But it's the kind of thing that is going to carry on. Because they say change everything in recovery, but something like your football team, you're not going to change. Mm. Let's get real. You're not going to suddenly stop following them just because you're in recovery. Mm. It's one of those things that's kind of in your blood, mm. really. But it's amazing how, when you're in an active addiction, where I'm passionate about my Arsenal football club, and you just, it's just non-existent. Mm. It's just crazy. Yeah. You don't even know what position they are in the league. Match of the day does not matter, yeah. kind of thing. And then all of a sudden... You lose interest in everything, you lose everything, particularly when you're at the end of it. There's no sense. You could go through an entire football season not knowing any results mm. when you're off your face. And of course it comes back as soon as you get clean and sober, yeah. doesn't it? Mm. All the good things, all the things that you... Yeah, and actually I do think the music thing's important because I find the stuff that I still don't listen to because I associate it with being drunk. Yeah. And when I sobered up, my music preferences changed quite a lot to begin with they've leveled out now over time in four and a half years but i went through a long period where i was staring at a television that was turned on silent with just the subtitles on i'm doing that and i'm playing music just for the sake of there being a noise in the flat yeah and i don't even know what i'm listening to and there's a few things i associate with ringtones or when I've been waking up and hearing something there's a few things that I wouldn't play to begin with but in the main it's the fact that in that last period of drinking I'm not really listening and I'm not really seeing I don't know what I'm watching on the telly I don't know what I'm hearing coming out of the speakers it's only there so that it doesn't have to be silent yeah and that's the reason why it definitely is a mental illness in my opinion well, I think we reach a point where we stop being a person. Yeah. At the end of the addictive cycle, we actually stop being people. Mm. We just become kind of ghosts, don't we? Mm. Hello. Hopeful thoughts from Neil. Right? <laughs> How's that? <laughs> I'm good, bro. Everything's good, man. I uh, spent a nice weekend with my family. Walked up a glorified mountain. A glorified uh, mountain. Glorified yeah. hill. What's one of them? It's a big hill. Basically. <laughs> It was a big hill, but someone called it a mountain. Yeah, yeah. It was really good, though, man. Views were spectacular. Seen my dog. Love my dog. So, chilling with my dog, playing with my guitar. Life's good, man. Cannot ask for any more. Yet, I do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Of course we do. You've got to have a bit of addict study, isn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I look forward to hearing in February that you bought your seventh Echo Dot. What dog have you got anyway? Doberman. She's called Frankie, she is. She's, she's relatively small for a Doberman, but she's naughty. But she's yeah. funny, mate. Like, honestly. She doesn't get along with other dogs, but she. 
She's the cutest sweetheart dog you've ever met. You know them ones that just come up to you, place their chin on your knee, and just sit there for hours. Like. <laughs> just gazing at yeah, you. Mate, yeah, mate. You would say that. She's all dark. Yeah. <laughs> are they the ones with the stumpy tail? And the pointy ears. They are yeah. usually docked. Cropped, cropped and docked, yeah. mate. Yeah. She's all au natural. Oh, yeah. Got the curly tail and uh, sloppy ears. <laughs> really nice dog. And you're safe as well. Yeah. Just a little dog and go for them, walk up the mountain and, and up the hill. Up the hill, up the hill yeah. and, you, and you're happy with that and it's nice. I'm sure that's what they mean when they say humbling yourself. It's, it's a case of not wanting for much to be happy. The truth is, I believe that don't need much to be happy. That's the reality of it. Yeah. Don't need much to complete the journey of spiritual awakening yeah. and open mindedness and all of that. I think. The fundamental is connection and honesty yeah. with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're not honest with yourself, you can't identify your flaws and make a change on them. As we're at New Year in terms of this recording, there's a lot of want that people decide to interpret as needs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I try and follow this mantra of saying, uh, I don't need what I haven't got. Mm. So I don't want what I haven't got. I have to look at what I have got. But I think, oh, I need to buy that. Do I really need that now? <laughs> and of course we all do things like Ronnie with his Equidots. We all do it. I suddenly decided that I needed a whole new set of XLR leads, which I don't need at all. I needed them so that I could take them all into the theatre and sort out a mixer in the sound box. And we won't be sorting that out until next June. And also it's not me that has to pay for the XLR leads. But of course I had this sudden rash on me, which is, no, I've got to do this. This thing about resolutions. I remember the last time I was drinking and someone asked me, what are you going to give up? And my answer was, I'm going to give up hope. Mm. <laughs> it shows where I was at. I was at that kind of cynical, aggressively depressed phase yeah. where I was saying stuff like that. Whereas six months after that, I was just, could barely speak at all. Mm. But this thing about New Year's resolution, often it's because people want something mm. that they make that resolution. It's not they, because they need something. You've got this idealistic view of that's going to make them happy. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I'll go to the gym five yeah, times yeah, a week yeah. for six months and that'll make me happy because of the way I'll look. Mm. Rather than because of the way I feel. Yeah, yeah. Because feel of the way, because the way I'll man, look. There's you know, like, a saying, what is that? It's a, anything I've got is a blessing. Yeah. Anything I don't get is a blessing. Yeah. The yeah. reality is we're all perfect as yeah. we are. And it is all about feeling, isn't it, at the end of the day? Because it's what's, what governs us, whether we're happy, sad, in a mood, all this, that, but that's all that matters. And if you've got nothing but you're happy, then that's all you ever want. Really. I've always prayed for just, just to be happy because I thought, well, if I just pray to be happy, then nothing else matters, does it? really actually doesn't yeah, yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. It's, if I'm happy with nothing, and I'm, but I'm happy, well, that's it, that's the way forwards. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're fortunate enough to have roofs over our head and food in our belly and, and friends and family. And it is a tripwire, though, isn't it, for people in early recovery? Because one of the things that hits us in those first three months is, OK, I'm clean and sober now. I want this. I want to do that. Yeah. I should be doing yeah, this. Should, should. I should be doing that. Why am I just doing all this boring stuff? I need... Why is it so important? I need to do this instead. It's all right, I'm sober now, I can do that. 
I think what it is as well, like if I remember rightly with me, like you can get caught up with personal resentment in regards to the fact that you start to kind of like say, you know, I've missed out on this for this long. Yeah. I should have this by this, looking at your peers and people you've grown up with and where they're at. And all, well, yeah, projecting onto other Comparison people, like, is comparison. such a dangerous thing. Which goes into expectations. Of, and before you know it, you can tie yourself into knots over that stuff. I heard this saying, is it comparison is the thief of joy? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You know what, I realise that, because I've had it myself, I've compared myself and I've been thinking, ah, oh, they've got their better than me or something, but then I came into recovery on my own and if I didn't compare myself to anyone else, I'd be tapping myself on the back all day long saying, look how well you've done, but when I start comparing, suddenly my achievements become very little and it's like, well, that's where it takes the joy from it because you know what if I didn't have to compare then I'm, I'm going to say I've done really well or you can compare someone else and you can suddenly yeah. say oh, I haven't done that well actually it's a dangerous thing yeah. like comparison it really but, especially within a recovery circle yeah oh look he's doing that why am I not doing it yeah <laughs> Well, yeah. actually, it's because I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do. No, but I want to do that because he's doing it. You even though I fucking hate doing, doing that. stuff, you don't even want to do it just to be better than someone or to be the same as someone else. Very keeping up with the Joneses. Isn't yeah, it? taking yourself away from the prison. Yeah. On the emotional bus journey up here, we're talking about ambitions and stuff. Even in active addiction, I've got big ambitions. I dream big, but it's tunnel vision. This will make me happy. That's going to do this, and this going to do that. And when I get clean, it broadens. It doesn't just reflect yeah. on yeah. one situation. And it feels achievable rather than it being a dream. Yeah. It feels like I can do it, but just for today, what can I do today to get there? Because I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and be at where I think I'm going to be at. No, none of us are. But no, I think no. getting my head around this idea that because I sobered up, now these things are achievable. I might not achieve them all, but there are now things that are achievable that would not have been achievable had I carried on drinking. (laughs) If I carried on drinking, I wouldn't be here. And I look at the benchmark, the benchmark is that, okay, I've got sober, it's now a question of what I can do now. And I don't know what I'm going to be doing in five years' time. That's the joy of it, isn't Um, it? Yes, absolutely. That's the excitement, that's the journey. And it's knowing that we're on the bloody journey. Yeah. All we got to do is sit back and enjoy it. Yeah. That's yeah, all yeah, we've yeah. got to do, man. And keep turning up. Yeah, that is the biggest one. I, I sat with me that as over the past couple of days since you said that. Mm. All we've got to do is keep turning up and everything will work out the way it's supposed to. Well, in the words of the great Bill Hicks, it's just a ride, isn't it? <laughs> it is really, though, isn't it? And, 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 and at the end of the day, what is it we're chasing and chasing? And you'll never get what you're chasing, do you know what I mean? It's always going to be... Is that why you're buying the Echo Dot? Because <laughs> they can't run away. <laughs> I've got them in the box. I just want them in the box, all brand new, and everything in the ceiling and stuff. Leave my or Echo Dot out of this. Put them in the room next door and <laughs> say, do you mind? I'm allowed to have some my Echo Dots. <laughs> Unopened okay, okay you are. It's not as if you're buying a Bang & Olufsen PA to set up in the whole house. Well, I wonder if they're the Bang & Olufsen like, Echo Box. Like, <laughs> well, I have got oh, as well. I thought I bought the Ultimate Echo Dot, the, big, the biggest one, the three speakers. And yeah. now I've looked and there's another one, there's another <laughs> studio. No, there's a studio one. <laughs> have they got one that walks around the house and brings you tea in the morning? Does not even that? I know it's come for an Echo Box if we used to borrow one. Echo dot. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. If you want one, sorry. I'll order another one. I have to add three spare, you see. 
Oh, I've got all the stuff that I've got, anything that I've got. Well, my hair stuff is coming back. <laughs> I've had a hair transplant and it's going to come back. Trust me. Let's, for example, once I've run out that bottle, I need to order the next bottle so that's there. So it's always a full bottle on the side and then... I think I'm going to yeah, get you out of this, Ronnie, now. Move. I think there's been too much focus on your Echo Dots. <laughs> Can't wait. No. We're not advocating in any way that anyone needs five Echo Dots in one room. However, I'm sure Ronnie will find a use for them. Yeah. If not, I'm sure he will give them to someone who would use them. Right, anyway, it's time for the dice again, I think. Uh, if there are any strange noises on that recording, it was me cutting up paper because I've forgotten that I'd left all of that stuff at the office and we're not in the office. Right, it's dice roll first. One and nil, my man. Oh. <laughs> What's that? Eleven. Eleven. Oh! Christmas in addiction. Christmas in addiction, and we've got to continue without crossing over and... and We're trying to avoid hesitation and repetition. Mm. Yeah. You can repeat the phrase, Christmas and New Year in addiction. And you've got to remember what you said last time, so I'm sure we have this one. Later. No, we're not. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's really unfair, Robin. <laughs> Bring the theme to it. Let's change it. New Year in Addiction. New Year in Addiction. Yeah. New Year in Addiction. There's a lot of dreams about New Year in Addiction because it's just going to be fantastic. I'm going to get X amount of this and I'm going to get X amount of that. And the combination of both of all the substances is going to be just right. I'm going to have this perfect party. I'm planning it from about November, so I need to make sure I've saved some of my dough money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that really happens, doesn't it? <laughs> if I'm lucky enough to be working at the time, I'll get paid on this time and I'm analysing it all now and I'm, and I'm trying to organise it all. And what it normally turns out to be is that I'm going to a certain club and then that's not going to happen because finances ain't there and then I'm going to go to Chicago Square and I usually just don't end up getting there and it's usually me ending up in my self-imposed four walls. Yeah. And if I'm very fortunate, I might just have enough finances to get a little bit of my substances. And then coming to the new year, feeling like groundhog, feeling despondent, feeling mm. even more unattached from my fellows, from my loved ones, from all this, from society. And if I'm fortunate to get a couple of days sleep and a little bit of like food in me and wash like a little wash of that, and then I'll say, this year is going to be different. Yeah. And usually by about the fifth day of that year, finances are coming, the ball's rolling, and I'm back into a groundhog day. I think the most important thing you said there for me was this idea of unreachable ideas and impossibilities that I'm imagining, because I'm not living in reality at that point. And I'm thinking, well, it's going to be like this at Christmas and New Year, as if that's going to be any different from the rest of the year, because mm. I'm not capable of behaving differently. So why would it be different? It's just a slightly different environment. And then, of course, when that doesn't happen, that morning of the 1st of January, or, or whether it's the 4th when I come to, it's then total deflation and realising that I am detached from the whole world, not just other people's. Because if I've even made it to a New Year's party, I won't remember it. No. And I won't have really engaged with anyone else. It's this impossible idea that I can somehow normalise what I'm doing. Yeah. New Year's, everyone's having a party. Yeah, everyone is. <laughs> yeah, and I've forgotten that the, the party for me has ended many, many years ago, but you know, everyone's going to do what I want. I can't even get involved in that. 
whether I'm there or not there, I'm just not yeah. there. So that's my New Year's addiction, like. Splendid. That was two minutes and 15. Right. Oh, Ronnie's turning Got a big start the clock, not way afterwards. So. I've forgotten about the clock. These are very loosely termed games. <laughs> Four. Oh. Weather over the festive period. Wow. Spoke about this last week and talk about the weather. Right, so the weather over. All right, you're allowed to roll again then. Okay, yeah, let me roll again. Let me roll again. Yeah. <laughs> Nine. Children over the festive period. Right, children over the festive period. The bane of my life. Yeah, they want attention. They want. They scream. They shout. They're looking at their presents and they're throwing them in the corner and they're not interested in them after about five minutes. And you give them a present. Oh, let's see some. Winge, 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 and I've got these the iPads and they're making loads of noise with them and I'm just hungover or really drunk and oh, it's that point of the day when I haven't slept the night before I've gone to my mum's and I've cleared out the vodka and I'm drinking Quattro or whatever else is in there and the kids are screaming and fighting because I've had my Christmas dinner and I'm really tired and just like, ah, these kids and they're getting on my nerves. And it's a shame because obviously Christmas is really special for children, isn't it? And so, yeah, it's, I just feel a bit of a grump saying, look, all of you's up there in the room, shut the door, <laughs> shut the door and let them <laughs> scream and batter each other and do whatever they want to do. Just sounds good to have peace. So very selfish. On the other hand, now I actually really enjoy Christmas because I enjoy making it really special for my nephew and nieces. They are a little bit older, but they still enjoy it because they're still getting lots of gifts and stuff like that. And I also especially like it for really young when they're still believing Father Christmas and stuff. And you can do little treats. You can put the mince pies out and do the footsteps in the, on the floor and actually make them believe. And yeah, and you can control them as well because you can say if you don't get to sleep, <laughs> then Santa ain't coming. And Santa knows everything about what you're doing and where you're at. And if you've been naughty, so you can control children, can't you? I haven't got children, but... Only while they still believe. <laughs> Only while they still believe. But it's amazing that the thought that they actually believe in Santa Claus really special. It's really nice. So, innocent at that age, that they can believe those things. And what would it be like? Imagine believing that actually Santa flies yeah. across the sky. I mean, <laughs> I know we get to... A, Close to that stage when we're on certain things and we believe that some creatures in your house, right, waiting for you to make one single noise and stuff like that. But the imagination is come on wild. I remember believing in the tooth fairy. Oh yeah, you talked about that. Did I talk about that? Yeah, yeah. And um, and I actually really believed it. If I believed that tooth fairy would fly, I mean, how magical is that to actually believe that? And yeah, Father Christmas is definitely real. If there's any children, now the children won't be listening to this, will they? <laughs> I hope, should hope not. Mind well, you. I don't think this is really aimed at children. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'd be worried if we had a seven-year-old emailing us saying, I think I'm getting drunk a bit too often. Listen, <laughs> when we... <laughs> is it snowing where you are? I just have them... Can I always remember that? Is it snowing where you are for my boss? No, I'm at my mum's. Is it, does it snow for your mum? No, it certainly doesn't <laughs> snow for my mum. She knows. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's all I want to say about weather at Christmas. Children. Yeah, you ended up talking about children. I think it is benchmark for me because when I've watched my sister's kids over the last ten years, and it's the main time during the year that I haven't seen them. And the thing I notice about Christmas is that my family's is that it's all about kids. Yeah. Which I think is wonderful because I can just sit back, and because I'm not drinking anymore, it means I'm not desperately trying to find a window 
whereby I can make some kind of excuse to go and get some more drinks or open another bottle of wine. Anything I can do to break this up. And in those years before <clears throat> my sister had her children, it was very much a battle for me, thinking, when can I justify getting another drink? When is it not going to be too obvious? Because yeah. my family, they didn't just leave it free-flowing because they were quite sensible around alcohol. <laughs> so I looked really crazy the way I was behaving. Mm. And actually, having the children there that it's all really about anyway gives me time to actually reflect and reassess what Christmas is and what it's for. And rather than those unreachable things that you were talking about, Neil, with the way that we view how New Year's going to be and then next year's going to be different, and it isn't. It's actually about what's been there all along. Yeah. yeah. And that's nine again. Oh dear. This game is probably not going to get played. Are you joking? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got weather as well. Okay, parties. New Year. New Year parties. New Year's parties particularly, when I was a teenager, that was when the wheels came off and it was an opportunity for me in someone else's house to get absolutely shit-faced. And I did it every year. And then it, it carried on when I was back from university. And, but by the time I was older, I was actually less problematic at the New Year's party. It was when I was 15, 16 when I was worst. Because by the time I was 18, 19, what they had in the cellar wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd have a stash back at home. So when we got home at one o'clock in the morning, I'd be able to carry on. Yeah, much more seasoned now, aren't you? On my own. Mm. But that's what it is for me, essentially, this idea of New Year's parties. It's always been me on my own. Mm. Even on my own when I'm surrounded by other people. Yeah. Really. Mm. Even when I'm surrounded by everybody else, I'm still just on my own. Present, but not present. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it's like I'm not really there. And so it doesn't matter whether I remember it or not, because I've just become invisible. And it doesn't matter what I say or don't say, because everyone around me is just thinking, oh, he's drunk again. Mm. And actually, it might be the 31st of December, or it might also be the 10th of July, for all I know. And the whole New Year thing, that is all about new beginnings and all of that, and yeah, okay, it'll be different next year. But it isn't, because I carry on drinking after midnight. So it's not. The next morning on New Year's Day, I'm already scratching around for a drink. I'll do it tomorrow. No, no one's gone back to work yet. No, it's a bank holiday. It's all right. I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, I'll do it. And I never do. Next New Year's Eve after that. Next, at least tomorrow is. Well, yeah. <laughs> let's let's do it next time. Mm -hmm. In 364 days' time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'll, that'll do me. Yeah. See, if I'm fortunate enough to be at a New Year's Eve party where it's just like mostly drinking, a normal so-called party, like no substances. I've got substances on me, I've got substances back at my home, or I'm going to Matthews, because Matthews is a substance. We can't keep talking about this present thing, so the, the countdown, uh, happy new year. In a bit. And then like, Matthew, we're going to give it another 10 minutes and we're gone, aren't we? You know? But Matthew might be a little bit more sociable than me. I'll like, oh, just give it half hour, you know, I'm all right. But I, I want to go now, because yeah. like, if we can't take the substances, at the venue what we're at. I need to get to where we're going. And I will have kind of ideas around Matthew lives like, say, in the flat next door. Right, we're just going to go and have a quick one and we're going to come back to the party. And it might happen once or twice. And then I just want Matthew, no, I'm not going back. You go back. I'll stay with my best friend. And 
I'm actually trying to think. I actually really cannot remember my New Year's party. I'm trying to think. I'm I can remember I can, I can back come. in the day when I was like, like eighteen, like, yeah, yeah, and a I went younger, yeah. gate crash and all that kind yeah. of stuff, and but I rem- and I remember then I went I went to one. There was thousands of people there. I don't know if it was a gate crash or something like that. Anyway, and still I was on there. Yeah, I sat next to a train that was in the. I don't know why there was a train there, but it was a train. They must have took it in as part of the, you know, whatever. Yeah, and my brother told me he said I couldn't find you in it. Eventually, when we did, you was just sitting there against the wheel on the train. You was gone, mm. completely gone. And this is me being told, reach out to you, all right? And I was like, absolutely fine, no problem, you carry on. And I carried on <laughs> just sitting there against the wheel. You know them, some of the tank engine, you get the big yeah, metal yeah. wheel. I was just leaning up against mm. one of them, just enjoying myself. Well, <laughs> what, so apparently enjoying myself, because that's all I said. I'm, like, I'm absolutely fine, <laughs> leave me alone. I really can't remember the recent ones. Mm. The only ones I can remember are raves. Mm. And I really can't remember that. I just remember being in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I don't remember being there. I remember being there because I was in the queue, definitely. <laughs> that was the most prominent memory. To be honest, it all merges into one, doesn't it? I, like, yeah. I can't really decipher what's what at the moment. There was always that thing, there wasn't there? Because obviously, if you get to the bouncer, and he was like, well, I can't get too off my tits because you're going to see me gurning. And won't let and you won't in. let you in, yeah. But obviously, I've got my stash of pills probably strapped to my bits and pieces <laughs> or somewhere, somewhere <laughs> like that. Sure and I'm like, right. And it was always just getting through that door. And once you through that door, I remember some events that they have sniffer dogs and everything. And it was just yeah. pop luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. you got past the sniffer dog, and you'd hope some other poor fucker, excuse my language, <laughs> was napped first. So that was all busy with people yeah, yeah. scuttle through and stuff. You've got to be vigilant with how you're scuttling through, don't you? Yeah. You're not making it look too obvious. Make yeah. it look too obvious. Yeah. I'm all right. And then you're like, Ooh. I remember my first ever rave. It's not for subject. I was 15 years old and I had a 28 year old's ID. I'd give it to him and he goes, Go on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was a fun time, so yeah. reasonably alright time. So. But that's what we try and reattain, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. still trying to do that when I'm 40. <laughs> There's something a bit fucking wrong here if I'm still trying to do when I'm 40 what I was almost getting right at 15. Yeah, almost. almost. <laughs> the key word. And it's something that can't be got right doing the perfect new year where I get as shit-faced as I want and nothing goes wrong. That is never going to happen. And yet I try for decades to make this impossibility happen. Crazy, man. I've been to some of where there's actually people that are around. I can't remember them actually to this day. They must have been 70, 60 or 70 years, years of age. It's still going on the pills. Mm. So I don't know how that works. Mm. Yeah. Maybe they took two each time and not 10 and 11 or five to <laughs> end up taking and talking to each other. Go on, Matt. What have we got? Oh, we've got nine again. Oh, on, just hang on there. Yeah, yeah. Seven. Oh, well, that's parties again. <laughs> Right. Oh, yeah. Go on, go on, go on, go on, Ronnie. Try that. Yeah. Six. 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 Let's work again. Festive television. Ooh. Festive television. Over Christmas and New Year, television. Coca-Cola advert springs yeah. to mind. Wicked. Um, yeah. Love taste of it. Every year, and there's a new one, the Aldi one, they've emulated the Coke one with the carrot guy, haven't they? Is it them that does Kevin the carrot? That's what I'm talking about, yeah. Aldi do Kevin the carrot. Because I, I got thumped by a four-foot... The carrot. When I was doing a panto, for some reason the director wanted my villain to be hit on the head by a four foot big Kevin the Carrot. 
and the woman who was meant to be doing it smacked me around the back of the head instead of dropping it on me. <laughs> and because I was slightly surprised by this, and I thought my nose was going to fall off because I had this fake nose on, I was in front of these kids going, <laughs> Anyway, that's not relevant. So, I suppose Christmas has been meaningless to me, especially all this stuff, all the advertisements and all of that. It's just irrelevant. Christmas is like sweet, everyone's getting wrecked. That's what it is to me. And that whole present but not present thing. What was it, the advertisements around Christmas? Yeah, so the only ones I would catch on to would be the beer ones. Yeah. Anything to do with what my addiction's trying to... Some that it wants or that will try that. Audi's got a good deal on. Or Tesco's has got this on offer for this much. It's a sad existence Christmas time in active addiction, I think. Because like, the true meaning of it is... It just completely bypasses what it all is, especially watching the adverts. Yeah. It just, like the ones I do cling to, alcohol and, and all this other stuff, it, it disregards true meaning of yeah. Christmas. It's, it's important that. You know, it disregards everything. It, yeah. Family. It is important that because there's the fixating on the beer ads. And for me, there was also fixating on the ads or the stuff I was seeing on telly that was offering me something that might fix me without me having to make any effort. If I persuade them, because my birthday's two weeks after New Year, yeah. if I persuade them that I want this for my birthday, then they might think that I'm going to do that and therefore sober up. So it might shut them up and also it might change me without me having to do any real work. <laughs> and that's effectively what I was looking for outside of me. And it's also like, it gets you down in the dumps as well because the advertisements project to what it should be. Yes. This is oh. what it should be like, you know, you should be doing it, or maybe the traditional, what a lot of people do do, or the majority do, that that advert is directed towards, when some people don't have that, Yeah. and then it just gets you even worse, and, yeah. you, and then you just, well, I don't really care about that anyway, I might as well just do what I really want to do, when it's having you on, it's pulling strings, isn't it, it's pulling mm. strings, making you think, all this stuff. It's, it's painful. We've talked about like festive television and, and the movies. The snow's perfect, the Christmas movies. Yeah. Yeah. happy endings. There's never no ice on the floor, any where you slip. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's yeah, always... There's no it's one freezing to death. No one freezing. Yeah, no one yeah, yeah, cold, yeah. even though it's like minus whatever outside. <laughs> yeah. And it's all nice and soppy and then... East Enders, Someone always dies in these days. Well, no, they usually get murdered about two weeks before, innit? And well, already? <laughs> well, usually it's about two weeks before, and then they're going to get found out who murdered them at Christmas. That's normally like the plot. Yeah, remember that one where he fell off the end of the building? Where the railway truck was. And Phil done it or something. The kid who fell off the end of the building. <laughs> What's his name? Bradley. And then, uh, then there was his, his sisters fell off the same building about three years later, but they didn't <laughs> die. There is no logic to EastEnders. <laughs> no, but when I you, don't watch EastEnders. I hate all the... Uh, so no, they come suck on. you in as well. You're like, oh, what's going to happen next? Oh, I can't do it. Reality TV. Yeah, brainwashed. It's, it's, brainwashed. it's reality TV, and I can't watch it. If it's this fake, it's just pretend, and it's like, is it real? I mean, fair enough, in pantomime and theatre and stuff, it's more fun, isn't it? But cool. when you're watching EastEnders... This is an old platform. They ain't going to start doing new soaps mm. and things. Them soaps are clinging on for dear life. No, Coronation Street, I'm avid. No, to me, I'm not avid, that's a lie. But if I'm at home with my mother there, to me, Coronation Street has got a little bit of humour to <laughs> oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the mad stories, but it's got a bit of humour. Emmerdale's got a bit of eye candy. <laughs> 
And we know the farm. <laughs> and we know our farm. Yeah, 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 yeah. bringing in eye candy. They're starting to realise you've got to get a bit of eye candy in there. You've got to keep like the young audiences coming through. But EastEnders, it's like even the music's depressing. Yeah, it sounds final. It's like you're on your way to getting like hung or something. <laughs> I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> but I did like pre-addiction or pre addiction let's call it I loved all the Christmas films like the Christmas Cat was it Christmas Cat or the Labyrinth or well, certain films only come on at Christmas I used to absolutely love it because it was really really special as a kid to watch it or the Christmas break. I do remember thinking though I'm not watching The Sound of Music again <laughs> every Christmas I am not watching another James Bond film again I'm not watching The Great Escape again. I didn't watch The Great Escape until I was 28. Mm. But I was convinced that I'd seen it every Christmas for 10 years. You probably have, mate. You just didn't even remember it. Like. You can tell what type of kid I was. Mine was Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was a mischievous little bugger. That was so, me. Uh, I used to love that. Yeah, one. that was me. I'm way too old for that. I was an adult when that came out, I think. Yeah, the labyrinth was always on. And um, uh, that flying... What was that flying? Like, like a big sock, but it wasn't. Never ending story. I can't remember. Oh, that thing. That yeah. Thing. That thing. <laughs> that thing, because it was what's his name that did this thing to Never Ending Story? Him out of Kajagoogoo. Kajagoogoo. Limal from Kajagoogoo. <laughs> no, you're a bit. I remember. Oh, Kajigugu. they were awful. Oh, Kajagoogoo. <laughs> beyond like, yeah. awful, Matt, weren't you, they? Can you remember Kajagoogoo? <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Alright then. <laughs> Kajagoogoo made Zig Zig Sputnik look musical. <laughs> Kajagoogoo, the hair. You've just got to look it up, Ronnie. The hair is just something else. They were proper eighties, proper. And the fact that Limal actually had a solo career out mm. of that is just baffling. So we can sell. Yeah. Well, that sums the eighties up, really, doesn't yeah. it? Well, believe it or not, we've actually run out of time. Oh, oh. We didn't get to play the game. Uh, no, we'll have to do that <laughs> next time because we've actually run out of time. The only thing left for this week is probably to just say something about New Year, rather than saying what are you resolved about New Year or what do you want from New Year? What's the most important thing for you about New Year? It's another day to stay clean, man. It's just a day. Yeah. It's New Year's Day, but the day after that, it's another day. Yeah. 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 It's a blessing in itself, I suppose. It's literally just a concept of time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's an illusion. So there's nothing special about it in the sense that I just... Stay strong, man. Try not to get caught up in the things that are perceived what should be done on New Year's Eve. Get yourself to a fellowship convention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that could be even more dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it depends, doesn't it? Depends. depends where you're at. I would say, you know, it's about being present and it's about first New Year's in, in recovery or, or five years or ten years. It's definitely about being vigilant. Yeah, for me, I think for New Year's, I'm not going to make New Year's resolutions, anything like that, I think what I'm going to do is, because we know we make these New Year's resolutions, most of the time we don't stick to them, even if we do stick to them, it's not like we get a massive reward, so I'm going to say, well, my New Year's resolution this year is going to be to congratulate myself on what I've done in the year just, just gone, I think, yeah, just be mindful of other people, I'm, I'm very conscious of, I don't know what it is, I've become very empath- em- empathetic, is that, I don't know, I'll, yeah, just to make sure that everyone else is... Or, uh, you know, keep an eye out for people that might be struggling. That sounds really like self 
Ego and all that good, but no, I, would, I, I would agree that I think that's been very um, mindful and, and, and loving. I think it's important to recognize that what I do for myself, I'm also doing for other well, people, yeah. yeah. Because if I'm doing something for myself in recovery, this is going to help other people anyway. Mm. Yeah. The mere fact that I stay sober is helping my family because they don't have to put up with me drunk. Mm. And for me, it's I'll say what I've said before actually, as I now understand the new year, it's about recognizing what I have. Yeah. celebrating mm. what I have yeah. and like you say mate it's just another day there is a danger particularly yeah. with people early re- recovery Probably. seeing New Year as some kind of barrier to be got over mm. it's yeah, not yeah. like a massive milestone it's not a barrier it's not a massive milestone it's no bigger a milestone than any other day in the year and the fact is we have to view every day differently to those who are not afflicted and we have to recognise that there are certain things that we're, it's not safe for us to do yeah. And we should celebrate now that we've managed to produce an entire show without having anything even approximating to a title, because <laughs> we've gone from one subject to another wildly and kept it vaguely in the vicinity of the festive season, which is absolutely fine. I just don't know what to call it, but actually, but we'll worry about that when it happens. Anyway, it's goodbye from me. And me, Ronnie. And me, Neil. Yeah. Happy New Year. Year, And if you've been in any way affected by anything we've said, then please look for help because there is stuff out there and there will be even more stuff out there than you thought if you just Google it. And if you want to speak to us or if you want to message us, you can find us at Recovery Central on Twitter, on the Changes Facebook page, or at podcast at changesuk.org. So have a lovely weekend and we'll see you again soon. Well, we won't see you again, but you'll hear us again soon. Ciao.